0: This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on this subject. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and give me just a moment—just a moment. There's something I have to do here, uh, before I can, before I can continue. All right. Uh, sorry, this is taking a moment. I'm editing on the fly. Here we go. I'd like to make an observation, uh, if I—if you don't mind. Um. And that observation is, so far, the year 2020 has really sucked. Uh, and I don't mean just for myself personally. I, I think this year has been, my goodness, uh, uh, what next? What next? Kind of a thing uh we've had uh the you know the pandemic of course, which i will refrain from getting too into uh, you know there's enough other stuff to talk about so i'll if if i bring it up at all it'll be brief so we've got that and the, and the and the uh and the fallout from it. From having to shut down businesses and people getting laid off of jobs, losing jobs, uh, you know, it's just you know, is is what we're doing? Is it the smart thing to do? Is it the right thing to do? Well, the scientists and the experts are telling us this is what we should be doing. You know, but you know, do we do we reopen? Do we? Uh, it's just been it's you know it's been something, and of course uh, the divide in our nation. You know, I'm talking about the United States. The divide between you know the political divide, right and left has it's been over the years just been pushing further and further apart from each other and just getting is getting to where it's a point where it's hard to have any kind of mutual respect for each other. You know the loyal opposition. That this is just it just doesn't seem like it, it can happen and it's and and of course we have you know at the top of the federal pyramid. We have we have no leadership. You know, we have a bully. We have someone who punches down. We have someone who is, in my opinion, completely unqualified to have the job that he has. And I know that you know some people might listen to the show and and disagree with me, which is fine. Absolutely disagree with me if you want. But I just you know that's that's what we've got. And again, it's my opinion, it's my estimation of what I'm seeing and what we've been seeing for over three years now. So, well, on Memorial Day here in the Twin Cities, a little something happened. And it's not little. Something awful, something horrible. And It happened again. And it's a a black person, a black man, was killed by a white cop for, I'm not even sure why they were detaining him. My wife said something about there was, uh, uh, he was suspected, and he is a man named George Floyd. Say the name. George Floyd, that's his name. I guess he was suspected of forging a check or something. That's that's why he was detained, and we're not, we're not you know, all the information isn't out yet. All the camera footage uh, of the event isn't isn't available yet. But you, from what we've seen, uh, there's from the restaurant uh, in this area in, in, in downtown Minneapolis or nearabouts. Um, the restaurant footage of this outside we can see George Floyd sitting on the ground he's handcuffed arms are behind his back there are police officers involved there were four of them um... and uh, at least one of them was would be considered a person of color or minority I think he was he's Asian um... but I think the other through the other the other three are white and uh we can see in the video that uh, two of the officers come over to to george floyd and they help him up to his feet now he doesn't appear to be resisting as, uh, as they walk him around to a, um, a squad car which we can see on camera before you know they come around the back of the head around the back of the squad car and then we can't see them anymore at least from that angle and he did not seem to me to be resisting. Sure, he was sort of turned toward one of the officers as if to be saying, you know, do do we have to do this? I mean, what's going on? What have I done wrong? That kind of thing. But he's not fighting. In the past, there was somebody, I believe his name is Eric Garner, we should say his name, who was, had several police officers trying to gain control over him, and he was fighting back uh, in a what i would it had to be just just your int, instinct to survive fight flight or freeze well he was fighting so i'm not going to talk about him cuz i just wanted to bring it up and say his name and then uh, so George Floyd is brought around to the other side of the uh, squad car away from the uh, side away from the restaurant and i guess something something must have occurred where he ends up on the ground, face down. Remember, he's got his, his arms are behind his back. He's handcuffed. And what we see in video footage taken by people on the scene who are civilians who are watching this and and shouting out at the police, you know, reiterating what George Floyd was telling them: "I can't breathe." And it's, there's a reason for that. Uh, we see an image of uh, one of the officers, a white man, kneeling on the back of George Floyd's Floyd's neck, kneeling on the back of it, not across the back of his shoulders, not across the middle of his back, across the back of his neck, pinning him to the ground. Uh, What we see in other video footage, and that particular image, the still image from that, has been something that's, that's gone around on the internets, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that when I get to it. But what we see in some other video footage, from the, uh, from the vantage point of being on the, uh, you know, the, the side of the squad car that was facing away from the restaurant, we can see not only is there the one officer kneeling on the back of George Floyd's neck, we can see that there are two other officers holding the man down. To the ground and the estimate of time uh, i've heard you know the shortest estimate being five minutes the longest being nine minutes that this happened and uh um and then i then i read that uh, the officer continued to kneel on the back of george floyd's neck Uh, for two minutes three minutes after one of the other officers had told him that they couldn't find a pulse so george floyd died now i didn't know about this i've been not watching the news very much you know you can have a more peaceful life if you don't watch the news (laughs) you know i've got the weather app on my on the deal there's no sports going on right now so you know I, I just don't watch the news because it's all about, you know, the big COVID thing and you know, how we're all going to die. Um, but I learned about this the day after. Uh, well, I learned about this on, on uh, I started learning about it on the on the Facebook. I shouldn't say the day after. Uh, well, it might have been the day after the, the events, but at some point, Tuesday, Wednesday, I started to see this stuff on Facebook. Wednesday night. In Minneapolis, I'm guessing near where this had taken place, um, protests began. Uh, they might have started earlier in the day as a peaceful protest, but it's you know as these things, as it can happen, the it became a riot, looting was going on, damage of property, um, fires. Uh, it, it was you know. It's it's not it's sad it's tragic to watch but there's an anger underneath that's that's you know people have been sharing a, a, a quote by Martin Luther King where he was saying this is the voice this is this, you know this 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 protest this riot is the, the 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 voice of the unheard although Martin Luther King was not condoning the actions he was just saying hey this is this is why. I've seen people share that this isn't a you know this is illegal this isn't a protest they show peaceful protesting these are protests this isn't a protest well yes it is illegal but yes it's also a protest at least in my estimation what do I know I'm just some white guy you know so I have no idea what it's like to deal with the police as an African- American because I just I just don't I told some months ago a story about how I was detained by police in the middle of the night after I was leaving a janitor job and was pulled over on a freeway. Uh, officer was you know, finding out where it was coming from and going through all this process while a whole bunch of other law enforcement guys start showing up. And I told them what I was doing, and, and then finally I hear that you know, I'm told by the officer who was dealing with me. He says, well, what's going on is there was a robbery at a convenience store. The car you're driving and you are similar to the description of what's going on there. And he told me, he says, I don't think you were involved, but we have to clear you. And another emergency vehicle, another police vehicle drives up, and a woman comes out of there with a, with a police officer. She looks me over. She worked at the convenience store. She says, no, this gentleman wasn't involved. And, uh, you know, the she leaves. The police officer gives me back all my stuff. He apologizes. I'm sorry that this, you know, take time out of your night, all this kind of stuff. Sorry about this. Uh, thank you for your cooperation, all that kind of thing. And I said, oh, It's no problem. It's no big deal. I got back in the car. I drove off. And I thought to myself, Boy, have I got a story to tell people. But I compared that story of what had happened to me to another story that was some months ago where it was a professor from the East Coast. Who happens to be African American, and he, in the middle of the day, was detained by police because he recognized, he matched a description, or was close to a description of uh, of somebody who was accused of breaking into a house or uh, nearby, and so he's being detained. And people, there are people around here. I had no people around, no civilians around. Maybe passing cars once in a while, but it's two o'clock in the morning. But he's, it's the middle of the day, there are people around watching this, and eventually somebody is brought to the scene, somebody from that house or whatever, and they look the guy over and say, no, it wasn't him. And so the police officers give him all back of his stuff, and they send him on his way, they apologize for the inconvenience, and they thank him for his cooperation, and And before he leaves, a, a, a woman who was there watching this gives him a hug, she says, do you need a hug? And he says, yes, I do. And she says, I was here for you, brother. She happened to be African-American as well. So there's an understanding of, of a situation like that that I don't have. Because, as I said, as I drove away from my incident, I thought, wow, I got a story for the guys. When he went away from it, this professor, when he walks away from that incident, he was shaken to his core thinking, I almost died that day. Because he said, there was no way I was getting in that, that vehicle. There was no way. Because he knew he wasn't involved. You know is that the right way to handle it? I, I, I don't know. You know I, I don't know. but that's what he was thinking. And the rest of his day was shot. He tells his students, you know, I'm sorry, I just you know, he tells them what happened and he just he was shaken to his core. And I don't you know, I never once thought I was going to get killed. I didn't think I was going to be taken into into custody. I didn't. Th- it just was like, yeah, you know, this is something. It'll be cleared up, and I'll be on my way. So I don't know <laughs> what it's like. I don't. So I it, I have a hard time. You know, I don't like to see the riots. I don't like to see the looting. The property being damaged. I don't like that. It does. It only hurts the the greater neighborhood. You can see there are people that need to get. You know, food from the grocery stores that went up in flames. They need to get stuff from the Target that went up in flames. They need to get stuff from the Walgreens that got to, that got damaged. They need to get their medicine. They get the, you know this this stuff. And there's people that work at those places, and now it's you know it's, yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah. It's frustrating, but maybe that's what's need, needed to be heard. I don't know. So I will say one thing about the the looting and the riots. Um what we didn't see in this, at least what I didn't see in any of the coverage, I didn't see or hear anything about, you, know, you recall in the LA riots after the Rodney King, you know, after the police officers that tried to beat the crap, you know tried to beat them to death, maybe not necessarily to death, but they, you know just beat the shit out of them when they were all acquitted. Uh, and and the riots took place in L.A., there were people being pulled out, of at least one person pulled out of their vehicle. There was that one truck driver who was pulled out, and he had the shit beat out of him by the rioters. Well, nothing like that happened here. And as I look at the footage and see photographs on the news stations uh, or the websites and see stuff on the news, I see a combination. I see, as I told my son, I see all the colors of the human skin rainbow. And I don't know, and I hope this doesn't sound too flippant, but is that progress? Or is it regression? Is it starting to be these other people are getting, have, has our country uh, descended from the point of the L.A. riots to a point where, you know, there are, there are white folks that are just as feeling close to the, the oppression that they're you know, that their African-American brethren and sister in. Are feeling. I don't know if it can get that close, if it can get very close, but I don't know, is that is maybe that part, is that part of it? I don't know. So it's just been it's been something. So then uh, Thursday Thursday night there was more. Um, again, I think it started as you know some peaceful protests and then as the evening hours started to come in more stuff started happening and on Thursday. There's a police precinct right in that area from Wednesday night, so over Minneapolis still. That was set on fire, destroyed. There's a post office set on fire and destroyed. There was an auto zone, destroyed. I'm you know, and um, and to put this closer to home, I mean, it's Thursday night. There was some fires that were set. And I'm not sure exactly uh, what properties were, were destroyed, uh, but uh, uh, near Allianz Field, which is where our soccer team plays, our Minnesota's professional soccer team. Don't ask me what their name is, but it's Minnesota's United. Minnesota is that their name? Anyway, so that the soccer team, right, very within you know you know spitting distance from the stadium. So I don't. The stadium's fine, but I, I'm not sure what got you know like a strip mall or something in that area probably got you know, damage. And so it's, and, and, but I mean, and closer to home, closer to, to me, I should say, was the comic book store that I work for. The destruction from Wednesday night came within three blocks of the store. There was a Walgreens three blocks away. And that Walgreens, as, my, as the office manager, my friend Dave, uh, told me, he said was trashed. So I don't know how bad trashed means, but it was trashed. The owner of the comic book store, uh, he was there in the building. That day, he was. You know, he, that's part of something he does. He'll show up and he'll go through stuff and start to organize things and, and work on pricing out books and all that. And he'll and he can work until all hours of the night. Sometimes he's there all night. He has a cot in the place if he decides just to sleep there instead of heading home. So the next day, Thursday, he and the neighbor business, which is a woodworking shop, uh, uh, the boss apparently had a bunch of plywood from uh, from shelving that they didn't, you know, that he didn't need. So you know, the two of them boarded up their storefronts. So the so the comic book store, the storefront is boarded up, just uh, you know, as if a hurricane's coming. So it's Friday now. It seems to be quieter. A curfew has been put in uh, in the Twin Cities that uh, people need to be off the streets. Uh, by eight o'clock this evening, and I was racing to finish my building so I could get home before eight. Although, you know, if I'm heading home from work and it was after eight o'clock, if I got pulled over by a cop, I just say, I'm on my way home. I just finished cleaning a building, and you know, I'm on my way home. And they say, Okay, well, just make sure you go there. I'm sure they would have done that. I'm sure they wouldn't have pulled me out and knelt on the back of my neck. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I am going to take my break Uh, I'll have a little bit more to say about this kinda thing and uh, uh, yeah when I get back so I'll be back Listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ZTalkRadio.com. Station identification. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ZTalkRadio.com.
1: He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network.
0: And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, uh, I have more to say about this thing here, but I have to uh, do a little uh, little fixing here. Hang on. Uh, I do have an update uh, from what I said before the break. I said that uh, it's Friday night and things seem like they're pretty quiet. Well, they're not. Uh, there's some stuff going down in uh, uh, further away from the comic book store, but there's stuff going on. So, I guess we'll find out in the news tomorrow. <sighs> oh, well. Okay, um, I made a uh, kind of a snarky comment. I thought it was a fair point on the, uh, on the Facebook when um, I was watching these riot things. And I was wondering where the, uh, where the uh, paramil- paramilitary cosplayers were. You know, the guys that all showed up at, uh, at the capitals uh, around the country demanding that the shutdown happen and uh, or shutdown stop happening and the uh, country the country be allowed to go back to work get the businesses open again reopen and they felt it necessary to you know put on their cosplay outfits of being military guys cuz they couldn't make it an actual military and carry their guns with them and all that stuff now i didn't come up with the cosplay thing that was a dana gould deal he said that i thought that's brilliant so i'm i'm using it i stole it from from dana gould but uh, the paramilitary thing I threw in there, and um, I thought, where are these guys? Why aren't they? You know, this—they—they—they're they're all for making sure the businesses get to, to reopen, but they're not there to stop them from being burned. And I shared a picture from some uh, some online news site, and I posted it there, and I made my snarky comment, and a lot of people were applauding me. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun. I have to say this, a fellow, uh, a former Z talker, said, "Hadn't I heard that uh, some of these guys were being hired to protect businesses?" And I said, "Nope." I said, "Can you link me?" So he started looking for stuff, and he uh, posted a picture, photograph of three, well, four fellows. Two of them were more. Well, actually, none of them were actually in the paranormal type of uh, paranormal, paramilitary type outfit. It's but, but. Uh, but they have the weapons, and uh they you know two of them have the the look you know uh, slightly overweight white dudes with beards or more than slightly overweight white dudes with beards, but the other two were black dudes so this uh, a picture was shared they're standing out in front of a tobacco store and and the, the and there's a there's a paragraph at the bottom saying that you know the you know the the media. We'll crop out the two black dudes just to show these white guys so as to be, you know, okay, all right, well, there's no link to any media, no news media, there isn't any link there, it's just some guy on Facebook saying that this picture is from that, so I I said, well, okay, but uh, do we have, do we know this is from this, this, the current uh, events, do we know this is from that, do we, what, do we, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I can't find this and I can't find a cropped image of just the two guys. I, can, I can't find that. so so the former Z Talker, Facebook friend of mine continues to search and he finds a New York Post story that sure enough, there's an actual video in there with the two fellows, the two white dudes being interviewed about what they're doing, why they're doing you know, and they just they weren't necessarily coming out to protect that store. They were coming out to make sure the, you know, the cops, I don't know, didn't get, uh, you know, like the government didn't come down too hard on people or something. But they saw some, some, some potential danger at the store, so they decided, okay, we're going to hang here. But the other two fellows who I think are with them, they think they know them, those two other fellows, the black dudes, they're standing with them to protect the store. So, hey, well, there you go. There you go. What do I know? Hey, right, right there. At least there's those, those four. So, okay, there you go. So, ten points to the uh, the uh, former Z Talker, Facebook friend of mine, and uh, I suppose ten points to the guys that uh, you know, at least uh, didn't do just the cosplaying aspect of it. They they actually showed up. So there you go. Uh, let's see. One other thing. I did mention the photograph, uh, the image of a white police officer kneeling on the back of uh, uh, George Floyd's neck. Uh, a meme was created using that image and another one, and uh, it showed you know so it shows a white police officer kneeling on the back of George Floyd's neck, an African American male, and the other picture is that of a former quarterback, uh, Colin Kaepernick, from his when he was the quarterback of the uh, sort of uh, San Francisco 49ers, taking a knee on the sideline. Remember. So these two pictures, side to side, both involving kneeling, both involving African Americans, and above were these three words. This is why. And I saw that my brother-in-law shared that meme with the comment that LeBron James had shared it. Well, I couldn't confirm whether that's true or not. My wife had heard that Colin Kaepernick himself had made the meme. Again I couldn't confirm that. But regardless, or irregardless, the the meme is brilliant. I mean it just yeah, this is why. This is this is what he was doing. This is what this is what Kaepernick was trying to demonstrate. This is happening. This has to stop happening. You know, this is this is it. Right there. Now there was uh, a little bit of a push on sharing images of a man who is dying, and uh, you know, and I shared this meme in the thread of a friend who had you know because it was related. I thought it was related. I shared it there, and then somebody said, "Oh, can you please not you know let's not wa- uh, share something where we see somebody dying or something, words to that effect." And I was going right back saying, "Hey, you know, we shouldn't." We shouldn't look away from this. We shouldn't hide from it. We should see this. We should see how horrible this is. And I use the word. I know it's distasteful. And distasteful isn't a strong enough word. I know that. It's just not a strong enough word. But it's, it, you know, I said, you know, w- should we look away from old photos of lynchings? Should we look away? And then I, I focus on the Vietnam War. I mean, the three images from the Vietnam War. The Kent State uh, Massacre, which is just, uh, saw its 50th anniversary. Just just uh, within a couple weeks or so, uh, the picture of the uh, the monk who had set himself on fire, and the picture of uh, South Vietnamese officer summarily executing someone who was suspected to be a Viet Cong. Should we stop seeing those pictures? Stop looking at them, showing us the horror of what was going on there, the unrest. Showing us what's going on. Should we look away from that? Should we, if we do, does that does that not make it easier to say I didn't know? So that was my you know, and I I said this on Facebook. I I said it, you know, put it up there. as just a separate little thing, just to say it out there. And that got a discussion going. And the person who I shared the image with in, in in her thread, she took it down from her thread, which is it's fine. It's her page. It's her thread. It's that she wants to take it down. That's I respect her decision, and she. But she, uh, you know, and I said, hey, I, I respect that. I understand. And then she said, but she thanked me for for starting a discussion on my page, that that you know where people could exchange ideas about this, and and and, and as far as I could tell, nobody was an asshole. Uh, one friend had to be told, look, look, you know, a person made a statement. Uh, that seemed to be a blanket statement about uh, a group of people, but it really wasn't, you know. And I said, "Hey, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, realize that she's not talking about you." you know? And then I tried to r- assure that person that uh, this other fellow was not a troll; he was just, he, you know, just. And so, okay. But for the most part, everybody behaved themselves in their conversation, which I was happy about. That said. When I <laughs> um, post the show notes for this, I will put a cropped image uh, of that meme. I will crop out the bottom third so that you don't see George Floyd uh, dying. I know, maybe that makes me a hypocrite. I'm saying that uh, part, but uh, uh, at this point, I think the point is made. But. Uh, you know, we'll see. Also, well, okay, that's enough of that. Hopefully, hopefully, we can come out of this stronger. That understanding can become greater. Changes can be made for the better. Let's hope that we can do that. And let's do our parts to make this happen. So, Thursday... I called my parents, I was at work. Uh, things were, it was, you know, it was, the, it was not the end of the work day yet and things were getting dicey in Minneapolis and started to spread over into St. Paul. Things were getting dicey and uh, I, I called my parents to say, stay home, don't go anywhere. And my mom answers the phone and I said, how are you guys doing? She said, we're fine. And I said, uh, is, is dad home? Yeah, he's home. And I said, okay, good. And he said, you know, he went to Cub today. Oh? Yeah, he got there, and it was closed. And I said, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. He said, whoa, what, this, is, this is crazy. What's going on? And my mom and I talked about it for a little bit, and uh, about these things that were happening. And I said, "Well, well." Uh, and, and then, then she tells me, "And your father, you know, once he, he he got home from there, he said he said he had a pain in his side, and that he was feeling nauseous." I shouldn't make fun of my mom's voice at this point in this story. Pain in his side, feeling nauseous. I said, "Oh, well," and but she said, "But it went away, went away right away." Okay. Um. All right. So then, what? And uh, uh, how is he now? Well, he's he's on the couch. He's sleeping. And I said, "Well, you know, wake him up." So how's he doing? So she did, and he said he was fine. I feel fine. I'm fine. I said, "Okay, all right. Well, any changes, let me know." So this thir- it was Thursday. It was my night off, and uh, I'm at home. I get home by you know at, at some point, and uh, talking to Amy about what's going on in the day, and then then next thing you know, my phone rings and it's my mother, panicked. Your father's sick. Could you come over? Your father's very sick. Could you come over? And I said I said okay, I'm coming over. Did you call nine one one? You know his mom says no. I just I wanted you to come over, so I just, okay okay mom, I'm coming over. So I'm starting to rush and get ready, and I you know and I said as soon as I got off the phone. Nauseous, pain in his side, he's having a goddamn heart attack. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just playing one online. He's having a goddamn heart attack, I'm thinking. And I, I tell Amy, call 911. And so she does. Well, I'm getting ready. And then she's talking to him and giving whatever information we had, which was not much. And I got on the phone just briefly to reiterate the information that we had and said, I'm on my way. I'm a mile away from their house. I'm on my way. And they said emergency was on their way. So I said, well, I'll meet them there. And I get out and I hop in the car to get over there. And I got there before uh, before the ambulance shows up. And I, I run into the house. And Mom is standing in the kitchen. She goes, oh, I I, I should apologize. I, I panicked. And I said, what? You're, he's fine. Your father's fine. And I come... Into the living room, and he's sitting on the couch. And he looks up at me, and he looks fine. And I said, "What's going on?" And, he, and I said, "Well, we called 911. The, the, you know, you can hear the sirens now. The ambulance is coming." And Dad's like, "Oh, what'd you do that?" And I said, "Dad, nauseous, pain on your side. I thought you were having a heart attack. I mean, I, I, I don't. That's all I knew." So he was he was understanding, which was nice. Well, the guys, the crew gets there. And I meet them outside, and I said, "Well, this might be a false alarm, but you know, I told them, you know, I told them what I told them." And they come in, and they and mom is still sort of sort of worked up, panicking. And I get her to sit down on the on the couch, and I said, "It's right there in the living room while the guys are talking to dad." And I said, "Here, you can watch and listen to them talk to him, and watch him take care of him, and do do whatever they need to do. You can be right here." And I'm sitting with her, and and the guys are checking dad's vitals. Uh, his blood pressure, his temperature, they're doing they know he's, they know he's diabetic or he tells you know he's type 2 diabetes and they, they check his blood sugar, his blood sugar was fine. His vitals were all good. They looked and said your vitals are all good And, and they asked, okay, so what happened? And then he gave him he told them what happened and my mom kept interrupting, would you just let them? <laughs> that kind of thing. But uh, so they got that information to him and, and so the, the lead guy, starts saying, says to my dad, says, well, you know, we could take you in if you want. He says, but I would say, you seem fine. You should be okay. Uh, It's, you know, but it's up to you. And dad says, well, no, I don't want to go in. I'll stay in. So, okay. And then he told my dad what to look for, certain symptoms. uh, And he says, if this pain in the side and the the nausea continue to happen, uh, you need to get a hold of your doctor or call us and we'll come and get you in. Now, the pain in his side was like, when you're having a heart attack, you've got like a pain in your arm or numbness in your arm or something like that. And the nausea, I think nausea is something that comes along with that. But the side that dad was having pain in was in his hip or just kind of the front, just below the belt, above the leg, toward the front, but the, but sort of in the hip area. You know, it's a little bit of the gut area. So so we, and not, I'm not a doctor, we thought, huh, you know, he still has his appendix. Maybe, we don't know. So I reiterated with my father. Just remember what these guys said. Pay attention to the things that you need to pay attention to. If you're seeing if you're not seeing improvement, if this thing keeps happening to you, call your doctor and get in to be seen. So he said, okay. Now I haven't heard anything. My younger brother contacted them today. They said they're fine. Everybody's okay. So how was your week? <laughs> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I have the proper buttons pushed now, <laughs> so you should be able to hear. Anyway, <laughs> you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this. <laughs>
1: other guys the finger
0: you're listening to z talk radio network you're listening to z talk radio network
1: remember there's no hugging in the chat room you're listening to dimland radio on z talk radio network
0: Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Boy, that break went quick. I barely had time to take a swig of my beer. (sighs) Anyway. Okay. I've started doing something that I have not done since I was in high school. (laughs) No, not that. Dirty mind. No, I've started to carry a comb. Yep. See, I, since, I don't know, since my uh, post-art school days, um, I've, uh, I've um, kept my hair pretty short. And when it starts to get just the, a hint of being combable, that's too long. That's time to cut my hair. That's when I say, yep, that's time I have to cut my hair. Why should I care if I have to cut my hair? I have to move with the fashion or be an outcast. Or be, well, yeah, I don't know if I got to, those are lyrics to a Who song, never mind. Um, so that started, uh, you know, after art school. But I don't think I carried a comb with me through art school. I, my hair, I did different things with my hair in those days, and combing it wasn't absolutely necessary. So, anyway, with the whole COVID thing going on, uh, the, the great clips that I go to has been closed. So I haven't had a haircut since since early March. Now, I could have Amy cut my hair. She'd do it. She used to do it. But for some reason, I'm determined. I'm determined to, to just wait this out. Uh, there's a Facebook group that was started up by my, my friend Michael. Uh, he started up this Facebook group called COVID Hair. And those of us that are involved in it, we are sharing pictures of ourselves You know, each week, pretty much, showing, well, here's where it is now. Here's where it is now. I showed a picture one time, or uh, and somebody said, well, that's just bedhead. And I said, yeah, well, I didn't have bedhead happen very often before COVID because I kept my hair short. Just the bedhead was not something that happened. So, so now I'm combing it. And I, I, I kind of forgot what my hair does when it starts to get longer. For one thing, it doesn't it doesn't grow down. You know, it piles up. On itself, I mean, eventually it comes down, but it's it's not. It's uh, my hair. I've got thicker hair, so it doesn't. It doesn't come long like you know. You picture share, and how her hair is long and straight most of the time. Well, my hair doesn't do that. All right, now, but my hair doesn't also doesn't get curly. What it starts to do is it starts to do little waves. It starts to wave around. And, uh, and I don't like that. <laughs> it bothers me. Uh, um, my son, his hair curls. And when it's humid, it really, really? curls. <laughs> uh, but mine waves a little more when it's humid, I guess. So I've been carrying a comb with me to try to keep it looking somewhat presentable. As far as I'm concerned, presentable. So yeah, yeah. Oh, the, this this COVID, I'm telling you, it's hitting us so hard. <laughs> uh, when I do get my haircut, I intend to leave a very generous tip, at least as generous as somebody with the limited income that I have. But uh, I I I I plan on leaving a very generous tip, sort of a the the amount that I would have left as a tip. Uh, Had I been getting haircuts all along, that's that's what I'm thinking, and hopefully it's somebody who you know that comes back to the place who had been there when I was going before, and if it's a whole new batch of people, well then it's not the gesture will be still made, but it won't be quite as you know it's not I don't well not that they know me very well anymore. I'm still gonna do it. I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna tip well. Uh, We have it says in the storefront of the of the great clips that I go to. There's a sign that says they will be reopening June first. I'll probably wait a week or so, you know, let the mad rush from the beginning get over with and let the you know place get nice and covety before I go in. So but yeah, I need a haircut. <laughs> I am trimming my beard. I can do that. And I do it. And that's good. Oh, hey. I got for the I've been doing this show for 10 years and I've finally gotten my first bit of uh I'll call it hate mail, but it's not really hateful. I did. Now, it didn't come to dimland.com, which you can email email me at that. dimland. Dot, uh, not Dimland. It, it, it can't, uh, let's see. Your email, email me at drdim at dimland.com. D R D I M at dimland.com. It didn't come there. It went to Z Talk Radio. And so the owner of the station, Scotty Rourke, he forwarded it to me, and he, as a, as a, just a heads up, he forwarded it to me. And I'm going to read it to you. It's not, it's nothing, it's not, it's actually fairly respectful, and it's not that, you know, it's not. Terrible, and it's not—it's not necessarily hateful. It's just that uh, something I said, some things that I said, upset this person. Uh, the uh, the subject of the email is uh, lost me as a longtime listener, and then in the body of the of the uh, of the email, uh, that sentence continues due to Jim, A.K.A. Dr. Dim, putting down our president what me put down our president have i what have i done that (laughs) well let me continue without comment Uh, i am a democrat and no matter who is in the white house be it democrat or republican one should respect their american president i served my country as a u.s navy captain retired Uh, i didn't need to hear about dr dim being atheist and supporting the LGBTQ community along with saying Christ and Noah of the Bible are bullshit. His exact words on May 25th, 2020. I will no longer subscribe to your station respectfully and his name. Well, again, me? Put down the president? Just because I don't think he's a competent leader? They think because I think he's a bully, and he punches down. When the riots are taking place in Minneapolis, what does he say? He says the Minneapolis mayor is weak. Instead of saying how can I help, he says, "Boy, you're terrible. Oh, you're awful." And I always turn this around. For those of you who support President Trump, what would how would your reaction be? What would your reaction be? if that tweet calling the Minneapolis mayor a weakling had come from President Obama during his administration if something like this should have happened what would your reaction be would it be why well, he tells it like it is or would they or would you be upset I think I know what you would be maybe not but I think I do Um, Yeah, I respect the office of the American president. I don't think this particular president respects the office of the president. I don't think he does. But hey, it's my opinion. Could be wrong. Uh, As far as uh, talking about being an atheist, well, I don't do it every show, but I am an atheist, and I'm going to keep talking about being an atheist when it comes up. As far as supporting the LBGTQA uh, community, I'm going to continue to do that as I believe people should be who they are. They're not hurting anyone. What's the problem? And as far as uh, Christ and Noah of the Bible being bullshit, if you think Noah's Ark, the story of Noah's Ark, isn't bullshit, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you think it's remotely possible for the entire world to be covered in water when there isn't enough water to do so, and that that enough animals can be put onto a boat, manned by seven people, for a year, and somehow repopulate the world with the billions of life forms that there are in this world. I hope I didn't exaggerate. But you know, there are billions of human beings... And there are just there are even more insects, and there are just if you think that that happened, I don't know what to tell you. It's a fable. It's a children's story. I, I, I'm sorry, but you know the Christ stuff. Had you know, he had a nice message about being, you know, good to people and not punched down (laughs) like a certain someone who occupies the White House. But yeah, I son of God, is there a God? I'm an atheist, I don't believe any of that, so I'm still going to talk about it. I had a chat with Scotty, the owner of the station. I said, Am I in trouble? (laughs) He says, No. I think the Bible's bullshit, too. <laughs> if I don't, if, if he doesn't mind me saying that. But, you know, we had a chat. He says, I know you don't believe in ghosts. He says, I and, th- and that he does. He knows that I don't think that he has psychic abilities, even though he believes he does. And I believe he believes it sincerely. But I don't think that that's what's going on. But he knows that. I'm a skeptic. So he doesn't expect me to... Do anything, and I said, So you know, so I'm not in trouble. He says, No, it means you're popular, <laughs> but this is the first one. First one, I should print it out and frame it, put it somewhere. Um, you now, and I, I don't, I, I, he, he mentions the May 25th, uh, 2020, which was Memorial Day, by the way. Um, I guess one of my shows was just in the repeat or something because I don't have a, a show that with that date, uh, uh, but it must have just been something that was playing on the auto play. When there isn't a current show going on, they they pull from the old shows. And a lot of Dr. Dim shows get played. And a lot of big picture science shows get played. So, um, yeah. (laughs) I got a piece of hate mail. (laughs) Groovy. Made it, ma! Top of the world! Okay, cool thing. I got a cool thing for you. And this... Yeah, well, it's been a cool thing for a little bit now. Uh, during the whole, you know, COVID thing, there's no sports. Uh, there's inklings that it will happen soon, maybe. But there's no baseball. And boy, do I miss baseball. So, what have I been doing to supplement my baseball needs? Well, there's this wonderful thing called the Internet, which has this thing on there called YouTube. And on the YouTube, there are full games. That you can watch and the best of them are the ones that are just regular season games where i don't know the outcome i have no idea it's a game from a couple years ago five years ago 10 years ago games on the internet you know on youtube and the you know and, and the best ones that have posted this are ones that don't tell you this if there's a significance to the game or anything it's just here's a game so I watched a game between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. I don't know how many years ago it was. like I think 2016 or something. I watched that game. The Dodgers went out to a, a, a big lead early in the game. And then in the late innings, like the last two innings, the Giants came back and won the game. That was great. I had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, I was rooting for the Do- the Dodgers, but I didn't know it was going in that direction. It's great. It was like It was like really just watching a baseball game, which it, it is, but I mean... A new one it's cool so today today i called up a game upon you know on the youtube from uh i think 20 uh well i won't say the year because it, it might spoil it for some of the baseball experts out there but it was a game between the uh detroit tigers and the toronto blue jays and it was played in toronto And the starting pitcher for the Tigers was Justin Verlander. So that should give you a hint about how long ago it was. Because Verlander is is now pitching for the the Houston Cheaters. So um, Verlander is a damn good pitcher. And I'm watching the game, and this is what happens in baseball when you watch a televised game. When when a certain type of game is happening, a no-hitter. It means the pitcher hasn't allowed... Anyone on base by getting a hit. They might have walked somebody, might have hit him with a pitch, might have done that. But you know, but otherwise, no player has gotten a hit yet. So the announcers of such games start to point out that we get a no-hitter going long about the fifth inning, especially at the end of the fifth inning. They'll start saying, oh, "This is Justin Verlander's got a no-hitter going," and not only that, in this particular game. He had a perfect game going. That means nobody gets hit by a pitch. Nobody gets uh, 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 on base at all. No, no walks. No hit by pitch. No, no strikeout in which the catcher did not field the ball and was unable to pick it up and throw the the, the hitter out at first, because the hitter can then run and and try to get to first base. If because the, the the catcher has to control the third strike ball. If he doesn't, if he drops it. It's called a strike, but if he drops it without controlling it, then the the hitter can run for his base, and the catcher has to get up and throw him out. Or if the the hitter doesn't react quick enough, the catcher can tag him with the ball before he gets out of the batter's box. So nothing like that happens. Nothing. And so the game was going on, and I wasn't even really realizing it until about the fifth inning when the announcer starts saying, you know, he's got a perfect game going. He's got a perfect game. Now, it didn't end up being a perfect game, but it did end up being a no-hitter, and it was awesome. I just went, oh, that was so awesome. It was so cool. Um, it's just, that's, I mean, that's what's that has been helping me through the COVID times and, and there being no baseball, that I can find it online and all that. Oh, and that reminds me, uh, on Facebook... The Major League Baseball page on Facebook—they will play a game on there. You know, again, they'll they'll pull an old game from years ago. It'll be a game from a World Series. It'll be a game from a a championship series. You know, like an American League Championship Series or National League Championship Series. It'll be some game of significance from the past. They'll play it. People can watch it on YouTube. And every time it happens, every time. And I've watched a few of them. There's always some asshole that's got to come in because you can chat and people can chat and discuss what's going on in the game and you know kib, you know kibitz with each other. There's some asshole has to come in and say how boring baseball is. And the last time I was watching, I just you know some guy said you know this thing about this quarantine, I've learned two things. Or is it, or I I I don't know which is more boring, baseball or golf. And it's geez, I'm so sorry that you're being forced to watch this. Go away. You know, you don't like it, it's boring to you. Something that, that you don't like is boring to you. If you don't like opera, it's boring to you. If you don't like action movies, they're boring to you. But nobody's forcing you to go to the opera. No one's forcing you to go to, to action movies, unless you're you know a woman and you're dating some guy and he says, I want to go see an action movie. But, you know, it, it's nobody's forcing you to watch this ballgame. You just want to come in and be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. How are we hurting anything? It's enough to... I don't know. It's just enough.
1: Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher.
0: How about that? (laughs) A little rant at the end of the show. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio uh, station, uh, Z Talk Creator Network, at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to be patient, to wash your hands, stay home, stay safe, and hail Satan. Oh, and sleep with the lights on. Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network.
1: And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in. in.
0: What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Well, well. well, I'm going to hell.